0: Number two of this edition of the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. She's Leah Brandon. We get together each and every Sunday. We talk about the news of the week, the events of our sometimes bizarre lives, and we do so in an entertaining, informative, and yes, unique fashion because there's no other radio show, especially on weekends like the John and Leah show. This is not your normal weekend brokered crap. This is real life radio radio. It's just about the truth and our opinions, and we've got a lot to get to in the next two hours of the program. And, uh, Leah, uh, each week we take a look at both the Democratic and the Republican sides in the race for the White House 2016. Lately, That has meant basically the Donald Trump update Uh, on the Republican side. That is, in fact, once again the case this week. So give us what happened in the world of Trump this week.
1: Well, it was another big week for Donald Trump. He continues to lead in the polls. And in New Hampshire, he had a rally that was very close to where Jeb Bush was also meeting with his supporters. You
0: know what's happening to Jeb's crowd, as you know, right down the street? They're sleeping. They're sleeping now.
1: <laughs> Jeb, <laughs> firing back. Look, Mr. Trump
0: has clearly got talent. I mean, there's no denying that. He's he's uh, won over a lot of people. People are very angry about the, how Washington's not working. He's tapped into that. I respect people that feel the way they do, for sure. But when people look at his record, it is not a conservative record.
1: Now, the biggest Trump news, of course... Happening right here in Alabama. In Mobile, Trump's campaign had to move his rally twice because it kept selling out. Eventually, 20,000 people showed up at a football stadium. Wow, wow, wow. wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Now, Trump did a couple of flybys over the stadium in his jet, and it was clearly marked Trump. And he even dipped the wing to the people in the stadium waiting for him. He uh, took some shots (sighs) at Hillary Clinton, President Obama, and Jeb Bush while he was on stage as well. Whoa, whoa.
0: Hillary? He went after Hillary? That's so unusual for him.
1: Because usually
0: usually Hillary is the last one he attacks, but okay. Oh, no. It was
1: all three. I guess, you know, Clinton, Obama, and Jeb Bush. Oh, and by the way, uh, the mainstream media wanted to let you know that it was only half full at the stadium. As if
0: any politician in the middle of August could fill a football stadium <laughs> with a speech. I mean, you, and I've made myself very clear that currently I do not support Donald Trump, even though, you know, he and I have. <laughs> Interacted, He supported my work on the Penn State case. I find him entertaining as hell. My wife is in love with him. But, hmm. um, look, I'll be the first to admit, you put any of the other 16 Republican presidential candidates and try to get them to fill a Alabama football stadium in August, and you're going to get crickets. Crickets. Right. Crickets. O- only Trump could even try to do it. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, it I'm getting this is it's emblematic of how my my view on all this has shifted a bit, not dramatically, not yet. Although I have to say, I can now. I, I'm not there yet, Leah. But I, from where I am, I can see a place where I may just say, "F it, let's go with Trump." <laughs> I, I I can. I, we are now close <laughs> enough where I can see that place. We're not yeah. as we go along this path. We're not there on that path. But I can see it. I can see a path where I go, you know what? Let's just screw the whole conservative movement. Let, let's which is acknowledge Reagan is dead. Let's just have a hell of a lot of fun for a year or so. Uh, let's give up the House. Let's give up the Senate. Let's give up the White House. But damn, it's going to be fun. Let's go for it. Um, and I'm serious. I, I I, could theoretically go that way. I'm not going that way yet. But I am getting the same sense. And tell me if you agree with this, Leah. It's remarkable how similar what's happening with Trump is right now to what happened with Obama in 2008. It It is. is. It is. Now, there's a big difference, which I'll get to in a second, but the similarities are remarkable, where basically what happens is he's not taken seriously at first. So everyone goes, oh, isn't this kind of cute? You know, isn't that nice? (laughs) Look at that. Uh, You know, (laughs) here's the black guy running against Hillary. Oh, pat him (laughs) on the head. Nothing to really worry about. Uh, And here's, oh, look at that, the reality TV guy. He's got, oh, isn't that funny? He's so funny, that Trump guy. And then... He hits, and the polls come out, and the polls don't go away, and the media realizes he's good for ratings, and so they give him more coverage, and he gets more ratings, and he gets more polls, and it starts the momentum starts to feed on itself and now it's an out of control runaway train and there's no stopping it and all the Republican candidates don't know what the hell to do because there's too many of them and they all want Trump's voters once they think he's going to implode so they never actually attack him at least not properly and so he's able to exist and the news media has a huge incentive to keep it going even Fox because it's all good for them he's their missing Malaysian airliner I mean, that's what he is for MSM. NBC and CNN, that's what Donald Trump is. Yeah. And so I, I continue to ask one question, which I've never gotten an answer to, which is what could Donald Trump do short of going OJ on us and killing two people with lots of evidence? And even then, you know, there would be a lot need to be lots of evidence. Short of going OJ, what would Trump have to do to lose his 20, 25, maybe even 30 percent of the Republican base? I can't think of anything. Ironically, the only things I can think of is if he actually told what I think he believes the real truth to be on Obama's birthplace or on the Penn State scandal. If he ever told the real (laughs) truth on that, he'd be dead.
1: Yeah, Penn State would put him six feet under.
0: Right, but that's what's hilarious. If he actually told the truth on those two topics, which he's been outspoken on, then he might be in big trouble. Uh, And I don't mean that facetiously. But other than that, I can't think of anything
1: That would destroy Trump. Can you? No, because he's already done, you know, the things that should have put him under. Uh, He talked bad about John McCain, anybody else— you know, oh, that would have killed. Oh, You would think that referring to the menstrual—I know you don't think he did this,
0: but I believe he did. Referring to the menstrual cycle of the most popular, most attractive conservative television host that there is, uh, in Megyn Kelly, you would think that would do it. I find it hilarious and so 20th century that Jeb Bush still thinks that, uh, that, our, uh, that educating Trump voters to his lack of a conservative record is going to oh do squat. God. I'm sorry, Jeb. That world doesn't exist anymore. I wish that it did. It doesn't. Here's the bottom line on Donald Trump. He's what every man wants to be. He's rich. He's famous. He's got a hot wife. He owns lots of golf courses, and he can say anything he wants because he's got giant brass balls. That's (laughs) it. That's the appeal. Forget about anything else. He's living the dream. He's living the dream, and everybody wants to be part of the dream, and everybody thinks, because he's rich and because he's famous, that he's got magic powers. He doesn't, but they think that he does, and that he can make America great again, because who's against that, right? Who's against making America great again other than maybe our current president? Nobody. So Trump is not going away, and and we've got a perfect storm here, folks, this is— this is the hurricane that I've been warning about for months on this program. This is a perfect storm, Hurricane Trump, because you've got so many damn candidates on the Republican side. They're not going to go away as quickly enough for anybody else to get enough traction to become the nominee. Without being completely and totally destroyed by the time they face whoever the Democrat is, whether it's Hillary or Joe Biden, that's just not going to happen. So at the, at the, the best scenario at this point, I see, is that Trump makes it impossible for a viable candidate to emerge from the Republican process. Well, who are the viable candidates? When we come back, I'll tell you who they are. And we'll do that when we return on The John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. She is Leah Brandon, and we continue with our uh, weekly look at the race to the White House 2016, the GOP side. Leah Brandon asked me in the last segment. So who are the viable candidates that Donald Trump is um, either purposely or I'm not even sure what he's if he even knows what he's doing at this point. He's just enjoying the ride, but regardless, regardless of whether it's purposeful or whether it's just by accident he's going to destroy their chances to win the nomination in a way where they are viable in a general election. I'll answer the question, Leah, in a slightly different way. There are only six people that can currently be the Republican nominee. And by the way, Donald Trump is on this list. I did not believe that last week. Uh, Mm -hmm. I, I now believe that Donald Trump is on the list. That doesn't mean it's... It's even remotely likely, but it's within the, the realm of possibility. We're talking I,
1: about the eight states? Oh, I think he's got them.
0: Well, here's the scenario. Uh, let me quickly – I'm going to try to do this as quickly as possible. The, okay. the, the scenario I see for – the reason why I think Trump now has a potential to win the Republican nominee nomination is because I think he wins a mano-a-mano battle with Jeb Bush. Sure. A- and I think it's quite possible that that's how it ends up shaking out, that those are the only two. Le- those are in- when it all shakes out after Florida, that it's just Trump and Bush. And I think Trump beats Bush, as unbelievable as that is. I think Trump could beat Bush, Imano Imano. And he also, by the way, could beat him in a three-way race, which might even be better for Trump. Let's say Trump uh, Bush and Kasich, you know, or somebody like that, I I think Trump could theoretically win that one, so it's now within the realm of possibility. Bush, you know, has. He's done terribly. He's as bad as Hillary is. He's
1: horrific.
0: He's horrific. He has no chance to beat Hillary in a general election. Hillary would be thanking her lucky stars to get Jeb Bush, but he's got the resources and the name recognition. So he, you know, in theory, in in the Trump hurricane, the guy with the biggest, best boat, you know, can survive the hurricane. And that's Jeb, even though he's a terrible sailor. Um, Ted Cruz, I'm now starting to think, may draft off of Trump and in a NASCAR move, end up winning this thing. Uh, partially because— I'd be okay with that. Partially because—and this actually had an impact on me. To me, you know, a month ago, Ted Cruz was way too far out there to be the nominee. Now, right. now in comparison to Trump, I'm like— He is, like, total middle-of-the-road. I'll take it. I'll take Ted Cruz. <laughs> Just, I mean, he, he absolutely <laughs> benefits from not looking nearly as crazy in relationship to Donald Trump. I, my personal belief, and I've been saying all along that I – would like to see Walker-Rubio be the ticket, I've now accepted that's not going to happen. No. Well, Walker-Rubio is not going to be the ticket because it's just too complex for the average morons that are looking for shiny objects and think this is American Idol and want to be entertained. I'm sorry that I thought we were trying to choose the leader of the free world. I apologize. I uh, will you know, now realize the real world we're living in, and I will withdraw the Wa- Walker-Rubio scenario, which would have been a winner against Hillary Clinton. However... Well, um, Scott Walker and I are, you know, I'm not sure we're breaking up. We're going to take a break, that's for sure. Uh, He needs to go wake up and then come back. Well, but
1: he's fine. Boring. No, he's not
0: boring is good in the real world. It is
1: not good for us. Those days are over. Obama shattered those days. They're long gone. We don't
0: get to have exciting candidates in the real world, folks. And you're going to see that if Trump gets the nomination and he gets slaughtered in the general election and we lose the House, the Senate and everything else. But hold on a second. So right now, the guy who I think actually he still has a chance because he is a little exciting. And I'd be perfectly fine with because I think he could win. And boy, the polling this week really backs this concept up is Marco Rubio. Marco Rubio had an amazing week of polling. No one talked about it, but you go, if you go to realpolitics.com and go to the latest polls, both statewide and nationally, he does better against Hillary Clinton, which may no longer be relevant in a couple weeks, but currently is still relevant. He does better against Hillary Clinton than anybody else. It's amazing. It's remark. It is remarkable. But the problem for Rubio is I don't see his path to getting there because he's got to come out of Iowa and New Hampshire still viable, and there's too many damn candidates. He's got to catch fire some way. I don't know how that happens. Kasich is not going to likely be the nominee, but he could because yeah. he's, he's from Ohio. He's a rhino. If he ever gets in a one-on-one situation, I think he's very vulnerable because he's not a conservative. He's not he doesn't even claim to be a conservative. He said and done all sorts of things that the conservative base would go, ew, I don't like that. The weird, right. part, the weird part is Trump gets away with it, but because Kasich is a— you know, governor, a normal politician who actually might be qualified to be president, he wouldn't get away with it. So those are the six names. One of those six is going to eventually get this nomination. But I got to tell you, Leah, and I do not believe, you know, every four years, oh, could this be the year that there's a brokered convention? And I've never believed it. If there's ever going to be a brokered convention in the modern history, this, year? this is the time because it is the most perfect storm of perfect storms that in Cleveland and in early summer of 2016, it's going to be a free-for-all, and the news media is going to want that. They are going to, they would love nothing. Can you imagine the erection that the mainstream news media would have if Donald Trump was a major player in a brokered Republican convention? Oh, my God. They could not possibly <laughs> contain themselves and I think that there's a darn good chance that happens because I don't see any of those six who are still viable actually winning this thing easily. All right. When we come back, uh, the best news story of the week, you got to hear it on the John and Leah show coming up next on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. She broadcasts from Alabama where they care about their guns, Jesus, and very soon college football football coming up very soon. I'm uh, from just north of Los Angeles. That's where I broadcast from where people barely even care about themselves. Uh, But uh, we've got several interesting news stories to talk about uh, during the remainder of this hour. By far the the best news story, though, Leah Brandon, involves some Americans who uh, were just uh, taking a train in France and they apparently broke up what might have been a major terrorist attack. Tell us about that.
1: Well, America saves France once again. Anthony Sadler is a student. He was traveling by train with his friends Alex Scarlatos and Spencer Stone. They are both members of the U.S. military. When a terrorist with a gun steps into their train car, and it was an AK-47. Here's Spencer Stone. I turned around, and I saw he had what looked to be an AK-47, and he looked like it was jammed or it wasn't working, and he was trying to charged the weapon, and Alec just hit me on the shoulder to say, let's go. Stone got there first. He jumped on the guy, tackled him, and grabbed the gun. Seemed like he just kept pulling more weapons left and right, pulled out a handgun. Alec took that, uh, took out a box cutter, started uh, jabbing at me with that. Uh, We let go. All three of us started punching him. Well, that guy eventually lost consciousness, the terrorist did. He is a known terrorist throughout several countries in Europe, and he now says he was only there to rob people, and he's confused about this so-called terrorism charge. However, Anthony Sadler has a message for the world, and he gave this at a press conference uh, in France where all three were given medals. The gunman would have been successful if my friend Spencer had not gotten up. So I just want that lesson to be learned going forward um, in times of, like, terror like that to please do something. There you go.
0: Now, two of the three guys are either from or have very deep ties to Sacramento. Uh, we're on in Sacramento, California, the John and Leah show. So I'm sure the city of Sacramento is very proud because, you know, normally the city of Sacramento doesn't have a heck of a lot to be proud of because it's the capital of California. <laughs> right. Not a lot. Not a lot of good stuff happens in Sacramento. Um, nothing. I, I have nothing against it, the city, but obviously it's most well known for the idiots that run the state of California. But obviously they they put out some some pretty good uh, young men out of Sacramento. And of course,
1: you
0: bet uh, everybody should be very proud. Out of the fact that uh, I guess two
1: of them were they Marines? was that, that right?
0: That at least uh, one-,
1: w- one was with the National Guard uh, and he had just come back from Afghanistan and I think the other one's a Marine. All right.
0: Well, the bottom line is, you know, Imagine the bad luck of the terrorist on a French train, because he's thinking, you know, this is a nation of wussies,
1: right? We wee we A
0: nation of wussies, and he just happens to be unlucky enough to be sitting next to three young American men with balls. I mean, that's so,
1: right. So,
0: and thank goodness that's ends up, ends up uh, resulting in the whole thing being foiled. And, by the way, late news tonight, it's very clear that this is part of a terrorist attack. So, of course. Um, yeah, not shocking at all, but definitely the feel-good... Good story of the week. We don't get very many to talk about, uh, and so I thought it was at least very worthy of mention, especially with the Sacramento connection. Now, the we go from the the best feel-good story of the week to the one that um, has created by far the most angst among uh, almost anybody, uh, or not anybody, but a lot of people in this country, especially married
1: couples. Thirty-three million.
0: Yeah, a lot. That's a lot of people. There's no question that the story that created the most angst and the most pain. And will continue to do so for a very long time was the Ashley Madison hacking. Tell us what happened there.
1: Well, they've had. I guess this is now their third data dump, and they're dumping, you know, names and email addresses at Ashley Madison of the people uh, who have accounts there. This is being done by hackers. Now, but let um, me, me
0: be clear. Ashley Madison is a website where people or go. Cheaters. Right, they do want to have affairs. They're very open about yes. it. Um, you know, it's gotten a lot of publicity. Uh, and, you know, basically that's what it is. It's and, and their whole business was wrapped up in the notion that you could do it securely and safely, <laughs> uh, that you could go and, and register at this website and basically it'd be match.com for people who want to have affairs, only you wouldn't be able to see it publicly. Uh, so, right. so for people who no, don't know what Ashley Madison may have missed the story, uh, give us some more info on it.
1: OK, so this week. Hundreds of federal workers, including some in the White House and Congress, they're reportedly using their Internet connections on government computers to access that cheating website. Now, we know this because the Associated Press did some address tracing. So the State Department spokesperson, John Kirby, uh, he's not quite ready to weigh in yet on this. You know, we've just seen press reports on this, so um, way too premature for me to be able to have a comment about this. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> premature. Also, <laughs> premature, <laughs> but a boom. Also, this hack exposed Josh Duggar from TLC's now-canceled reality show, 19 Kids and Counting. Duggar was outed by the website Gawker for having an account on Ashley Madison. And Duggar apologized on Facebook for being a sinner.
0: And I'm sure that that had absolutely nothing to do with Gawker's left-wing bias, uh, with um, the Duggars being seen as conservative Christians. I mean, it's I mean, there are millions and millions of people whose names have been revealed here. The idea that, I, I guarantee you, he's not the most important or prominent person who's in that list. Uh, it's just that that's who they decided to focus on, for whatever reason, in the first few days. Uh, I find this story interesting on a couple of different levels. The first... Is, it's astonishing to me that a company whose entire value is based on privacy—I mean, that's it. That's what they offered, was privacy—apparently had a horrific security system. That, I mean, that, that that is mind-blowing to me, that especially after what happened with Sony, that the people that run Ashley Madison could be that stupid, because they're done. I mean, they're— they were they're were actually ready to have an IPO their parent company and you know I'm not an expert on this but it certainly would seem to me as if that ain't gonna happen and the company is probably torched at this point uh, probably because no one's ever gonna trust them again that's number one number two the morality of the hacking itself see now this is where things get tricky because we saw we've seen it before in situations where the hackers think that they're the morality police. And, and this is something to which I'm sympathetic because I've I've been the morality police myself a few times on stories where I've decided to, you know, maybe bend a few laws, bend a few rules because I thought I was doing the, the better good. You know, the greater good was being done by my work. Um,
1: hey, they, they told them take down the website and we won't divulge it. Well, they that, didn't
0: listen. That's that's I don't know that. But hold on a second. All right, you know what? <laughs> Let's take a break. And this is too important and too juicy to to have to rush through. So when we come back, I'll, I'll examine Lee and I will examine the, the morality issue of the hacking of Ashley Madison. And then we'll get to a bunch of other good stories on the John and Leah show here on the free on the free speech broadcasting network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. And we continue with our discussion of the Ashley Madison hacking and leak that exploded probably millions of lives this week. And specifically, Leah, with regard to this issue of morality hacking. You know, these hackers are very arrogant uh, they're breaking numerous laws, but they know they can get away with it, and they're doing so allegedly because they think that they're doing the moral thing. Because right. that because the idea here is that infidelity is inherently wrong. Which look, um, I'm somebody who is married for over five years, never come close to uh, committing infidelity because I made a, pl- uh, a, a vow and I believe in my vows and I my word is my bond. I realize I'm unusual. A lot of people, their their word isn't their bond. Their vows don't mean that much to them. Uh, but here's the thing. Okay, even if you're right about punishing people who break their vows, who are committing infidelity, and, and are engaged in this website, Ashley Madison, even if you're right, to me, Leah, the issue here is have you created more pain or not in your action? And there, there is little doubt that the hacking and the leak of this information has created far more pain for a lot of innocent people, including, by the way, kids, who are totally innocent in this situation. So so the pain and the suffering and the damage is exponentially greater than had been in existence before the hacking. Do you agree with I that? I disagree. I you, disagree. Now tell me why you disagree.
1: Because uh, affairs always come out anyway. They just did it, ripped the Band-Aid off.
0: Well, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Yeah, they, got, they always know. The they, they
1: always find out. No,
0: no, no. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. That's that's false. I guarantee That is not false. What, is, what are you basing that on, that affairs always come out?
1: Women always end up finding out. They they, just do. Women search everything. (laughs) I I
0: agree with that, but I do not believe that you can say with anywhere near 100% certainty that all affairs come out. And by the way, there are better ways for them to come out than through a hacking of this website. But let me go one further, Leah. Just because, and I'm not naive, I'm I'm fully acknowledging that the vast majority of people whose names that are – you know, leaked out of this hacking have engaged in affairs, all right? But it is not with certitude that you can say simply because your name is on this list that you actually committed infidelity. That's the other part of this. I mean, that's the part that maybe is the most troubling. So now you're convicting people of infidelity when maybe they were only thinking about it. Maybe they never actually went through with it. That's, I'm sure, a very significant
1: percentage of the people on those lists. Don't you agree with that? All right. You're signing up for AshleyMadison.com. You have one thing in mind. I understand that. Okay. And, and now, if the husband important. says, uh, the "I way, never you, had an affair," why are you focusing
0: only on the husband? By the way, you know this. Because it's going to be the husband. It's not always the husband, but okay, fine. Go it, ahead. Well,
1: it's going to be the husband, especially when Ashley Madison is paying girls to make fake profiles because they know their target is men. I okay? agree. With it their, just
0: is. I understand it. I'm not naive again. So I get. That's it. That's why I'm
1: using husband here. All right. Okay. But,
0: but, but let's address this issue that there's a percentage I don't know what it is whether it's 5 10 15 20 percent of those names that never actually engaged in an, in an affair
1: okay well not every marriage explodes over an affair but there are many marriages where uh, affairs have happened and they still keep it together
0: I understand that but well but you're now leaving see you're, you, the, the impression given here is that if your name is on that list, that you're guilty that you've had an affair and that's not fair because it's not accurate and let me address that's the last point i wanted to address here because this to me is the greatest misunderstanding the most damaging misunderstanding in all of humanity and that is that women and men cheating is fundamentally different i know you don't agree with this but if women understood this If women understood that they should not evaluate a man cheating on them through the same prism that would exist if they cheated on the man, they would be doing themselves a hell of a lot of favors and a lot of viable marriages would survive um, instead of being destroyed needlessly. And what I mean by this is that, and I'm not, again, I'm somebody who's never cheated on my wife. But as a man, I wish women at least understood That it is different. It is a different act. It is a different act physically. It is a different act psychologically. And the level of betrayal is often not nearly the same because it doesn't mean the same thing when a man. It means
1: the same thing to a woman. And so it doesn't matter. It do doesn't mean? matter. No, no, women are interpreting the event incorrectly. No, no, no. Uh, Men are not sensitive to how it's going to hurt their partner. I agree with that part, but that's different. See, a woman, a woman,
0: do you not agree, tends to evaluate an, inf- an act of infidelity the, uh, through the same prism that would have been in existence if she had committed the act of infidelity, which would have meant, I no longer love him, I'm going to leave him. That's not the case with a guy. A guy is programmed differently. And in many, if not most, of almost all situations, a guy is just looking to have sex with somebody different than his wife. That's it. And they may still love his wife. It doesn't mean he doesn't love his wife. It doesn't mean he's going to leave her. It doesn't mean he's going to betray her in anything more than the act of sexuality. It is a different event it is a different act with a different meaning and women I believe create far more consternation for themselves than need be because they don't evaluate it properly you don't
1: see that' I'll- for goodness sakes, that is the biggest bunch of BS. I don't care if men say, I can have sex, and it doesn't mean a thing, That's the and truth. she should get over it, that, no, okay? No, 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 I, no. You're in a marriage, you understand that she can never feel that way, and you are deliberately trying to hurt her. You know that what you're man. doing is going to kill her, and it's her fault, because she doesn't well, evaluate no, it properly. No. You're, you got to be kidding me. That's <laughs> not what
0: I said, Leah. And by the way, for the record, you're yelling at the wrong guy because I've never done this and never will. No, so, but,
1: I, I'm telling you what you're saying here is no, insanity. No, no, it's not.
0: No, no. I think you're misinterpreting. I'm going to give this one more shot. The reality here is it's still wrong. Male infidelity is wrong. If it's breaking your word and it is a betrayal, it's just Different than the way women interpret it because men and women view the act by and large very differently. That's all I'm saying. Men, whether you like it or not, ladies. Can and do have sex with other people, and it doesn't impact their view or their love of you or their loyalty to you in any way, shape, or form. It's still wrong, but it's not the same level of betrayal because it doesn't mean the same thing.
1: Women can have. You don't think women can go out here and have sex just for fun? Some women can. You're wrong. Some women think
0: so. Some women can. But it's still the
1: same betrayal. It is the same betrayal either way, whether the women do it and they don't have any feelings or the men do it and they don't have any feelings. It's all about sex. It is still you are going to a third party doing something behind your partner's back, and that is betrayal no matter how you look at it.
0: All right. We're, we've running out of time in this uh, particular segment, so I wanted you to at least give us uh, the lowdown on what happened with Jared Fogle, the former Subway spokesperson. So give us a quick wrap well, on what happened there.
1: Okay, life is over as he knew it. Uh, Jared from Subway accepted a plea deal this week. He pleaded guilty, lots of charges. He's um, busted for paying for sex with minors, distributing child porn. Here's the worst thing. Um, There is a woman who says she's the one who blew the whistle on him. Now, we know that he paid for business trips to New York to pay for sex uh, with girls as young as 16, but he liked them younger. ...was to get as a middle school child in the restroom while school was in progress, and he thought that would be very hot. That was his dream, a middle school child. Uh, his wife also filed for divorce this week. He's going to be pro- possibly more than five years behind bars, and he'll have to register as a sex offender and pay the victims. All
0: right. Um, now... I look at this a little differently because my life has been wrapped up for the last three plus years in the whole Penn State case, which I'll talk about in great detail in the next hour because I went to State College, Pennsylvania this week. (laughs) I I found it uh, amazing that in a relatively short period of time, they got a guilty plea out of Jared, um, that they had uh, texts, they had pornography, um, they had uh, allegations of money being spent on on these uh, girls. Uh, to get them, I guess, to, to go and engage in these illegal sex acts. None of that exists in the Sandusky-Penn State case. None of it. Even though uh, the Sandusky-Penn State case has had uh, a far greater, more extensive, more intense, uh, longer investigation than the Jared Fogle situation. The other thing, by the way, I, I, don't, I didn't mention this to you, but so I don't want to blindside you, but this week there was a former NFL cheerleader who pled guilty... To a sex act with a 15-year-old boy. That's right. You know what she got as her sentence? I'm not sure. Probation. Slap? Probation. 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 Now, yeah. now that goes kind of to my point about Ashley Madison. The act is different, Leah. I mean, those what Jared Fogle did and what that cheerleader did are the same things. And Fogel's, as you said, life is over, and rightfully so. The cheerleader is getting probation.
1: That's ridiculous.
0: Well, and and if she was fat and ugly, my guess is she'd gotten worse than probation. 30 years. (laughs) Well, yeah, she would have deserved it because, I mean, because the act would have been different. That's the reality. I mean, these are very, these are not cut and dried situations, but when we come back. You're going to hear a story that regardless of whether you care about the Penn State case or not, it, it's me getting involved in a story way more than anybody ever should uh, to um, remarkable ends. So stay tuned to hour number three on the John and Leah show here on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network.